Welcome back. I'm Rachel. And I'm Alex. And this is Let Me Tell Ya. All right, guys, this is our fourth and final episode of the religious series. Um, We've covered our beliefs, we've covered purity culture, and we've covered our own personal trauma. Mm -hmm. So this final one's going to be about our, I guess, our recovery road. Yeah. Kind of where we're at now and who we've become because of all those things and just continuing our journey to grow as people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's it's always going to be a process. I think as long as we live, we're going to continue. I think if you're healthy, you always continue to grow Mm -hmm. in your beliefs when you, you know, learn about new things. Um, For me, a lot of my religious deconstruction, spiritual deconstruction happened in college. Um, I moved out of town to go to college and I was still very much had the beliefs that I had in high school um, that came from my Southern Baptist church. But you had already left the church at that point. Right. I I think the last time I was like really in church was in high school. Mm-hmm. I think that was, I remember that was like my last youth trip Yeah, that I ever went on was in high school and I was like a junior or senior, I think at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you had already kind of sh- like shied away from. I had, going. it was still definitely like one of those like lingering thoughts on my mind. Yeah. Like, maybe I should still be doing this. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to. It doesn't feel right. I definitely was living kind of like a double life. Yeah. Um, but like not really because I really wasn't living the life that went to, you know, church i was going to college <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i i you were only halfway living that life. i was only halfway living the life i was definitely just living the life i wanted to live yeah and then after i got into college i actually i joined a i forgot to tell you that i also joined a college group in my or a church group in my in college too i think you did tell me about that at some point it was really nice they were very open yeah and that was kind of my final steps into Mm -hmm. just not doing anything right is i enjoyed going to them and i went a couple times they knew me enough that they were like hi as i walked in but um i only ever went a few times Mm -hmm. and uh that was like the the few times that i was just like you know it was like my one try again. At that point, yeah. I after high school, I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to do this anymore. I don't want to. Right. It just doesn't make me feel good. And then in college, I did do that one try of like the church on college campus yeah. of just trying to just just maybe maybe if I try something different, it'll be better. Mm-hmm. And even then, I was like, you know, I just don't think this is for me. Yeah. I just don't want to be a part of this. I remember you saying that they it, they were very welcoming like it really seemed like they wanted to talk to you and not like a there's a new person you have to go talk to them and mm-hmm. it was like it wasn't like an obligation kind of mm-hmm. thing i remember you telling me about especially that, for like but... a bunch of teenagers or like a bunch of young adults yeah like they all came and talked to me and kind of tried an effort to like hey what are you doing like what's your major what's your mm-hmm. you know like the basic like getting to know you kind getting of to know you questions yeah and then mm-hmm. after that i just decided to not for a bit yeah well speaking about double lives (laughs) we touched a little bit last week on the fact that y'all you and melissa got to the point where you were like let's just not like tell rachel about things for good reason i'm not mad about it (laughs) i totally understand why and so y'all were essentially living you know your own lives with each other and and you know 
at school and all that. And I saw the church side of you. <laughs> yes. And um, there was a point, and I want to say it was my freshman year of college when I left, and you were still at home. I think you were a senior in high school. Um, you got to the point where you were like, you know, I think it's time. <laughs> I think it's time that you actually know who, who we are, actually. Um, and I put this out of order, but there was a point, I'll, I'll come back to that. There was a point where the three of us were hanging out downtown and we had like gotten all dressed up, I think. And we were like feeling good about ourselves, but we didn't know what to do. <laughs> like we didn't have plans on what to do. We were just walking around downtown and you and Melissa were like, let's go to the hookah lounge. And I was immediately now I'm confused at timing, but regardless, I was immediately like, um, like, like, hookah, like smoking. I remember that. <laughs> we're going to do that. Like, and in my head, I was like, oh yeah, like we're just going to go and like eat something or like, you know, like we're just going to, like, we're not going to, we're not going to smoke. Like we don't do that. Like they don't do that. We don't do I'm that. I'm pretty sure that was Melissa's birthday when we did that. Because she would have been the last to turn. We were 18. 18. Yeah. She would have been the last to turn 18. So I'm pretty sure it was for her birthday. Maybe we didn't have that conversation until after. Because I don't think we had it till after that. Maybe not. Um, But anyway, yeah. I, I think... want to say I was a freshman in college when that happened. Maybe. Because I'm pretty sure it was after the hookah lounge. And the hookah. We had to be 18 to go to the hookah lounge. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think we were just looking for somewhere we could go <laughs> to yeah. use our IVs because we were all 18. Yeah. Um, back when you could be 18 and smoke a go. Yeah. Now you, have to, yeah, now yeah. you have to be 21 in our state at least. Um, but yeah, I remember thinking like, Oh, we're just not, you know, we're just going to go in and do, you know, eat or whatever. Like we, we're not going to smoke. They don't do that. Like we don't do that. And we sat down and it was like, y'all immediately pulled out the hookah menu and like, we're talking about like, what kind of flavors do we want? And I was like, oh, <laughs> like we're, we're doing this. Okay. And we like picked, I, I really just went with it and which is completely against everything that I was in high school. Maybe it was the college in me being like, what the heck, let me live. Um, but yeah, so we ordered one and split it and I remember like Melissa handing the the pipe to me and I was like am I really about to smoke something right now <laughs> and I took a hit and it was really nice and I really enjoyed it and we had a blast we got hit on we got invited to the strip club uh, we didn't go yeah I remember that because <laughs> these guys there were two guys and they wanted to like buy mm -hmm. us drinks and like yeah take us to the strip club and we were like we're 18 so <laughs> yeah, i remember i was like i have to go home to my mom yeah this. they came they came up and they're like we wanted to buy y'all drinks but i don't think y'all are old enough and we were like no and then after they walked away they invited us to the strip club and then after they walked away you were like mm, my mom told me to come home <laughs> my mom told me to come home be home at 10 so yeah. sorry sir yeah we did get something to eat there this is a side note we got those cheese fries. Did you ever get them again? No. I have, to this day, those are the best cheese fries I've ever had. Mm -hmm. They probably have changed management by now. They probably don't even yeah, taste the same. Not, they might I'll never. 
I'll never have those fries again. And I'm devastated <laughs> by that fact. They had like that white cheese on them and the yeah. like, mixture of cheeses on them. Ugh. They apparently didn't hit me as hard because I don't remember anything about Ugh, them. They were so good, though. <laughs> but yeah, we smoked, and then when we left, I was driving. I always freaking drove. <laughs> um, I was driving, and I remember being like, I'm a little, like, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, like, I couldn't describe the feeling very well because I had never felt it before, and I was like, I'm a little, like, maybe lightheaded, I guess? A little fuzzy. And Melissa was shotgun. <clears throat> And she was like, yeah, you've never been under the influence of anything, have you? And I was like, obviously not. Like, it it was so foreign to me. I was like, well, obviously not. You have? And she was like, "Mm, yeah. And, like, that was it. Like, that was the end of that conversation. And I was like, that was the moment where I was like, okay, yeah, I don't know anything about, like, what they do. I was like, I don't really know that. Like, I knew, you know, I was I, like, I, it definitely was in college because that's when Melissa and I started, like, branching off and doing, like, yeah. new things and hanging out with new people and just mm-hmm. having different things. And every time you'd come back into town, yeah, it, we were, like, different people. Yeah. So that was in college. And it, we never, like, our friendship in and of itself never no, changed. No, yeah. Like, we would, we would still have a blast, do the same things, but there was definitely another part of y'all, y'all's life that you couldn't talk about to me yet not yet um but yeah that was the moment where I was like yeah I don't know a lot about them (laughs) and I was just kind of waiting I I wasn't gonna push anything I was just kind of waiting I think that was at a time too before you even knew that I had had sex with you know people yeah I didn't so because you were such a you know good little Christian girl (laughs) yeah that we were like yeah. And at that point, again, we had uh, officially, like, separated from the church. Yeah. We hadn't even, I think this was a little bit before I had even gone back to that, to the college, the old college try. Yeah. That's not what that's supposed to be, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it was before. Uh, but anyway, yeah, at some point, you went to me and you were like, eh, it's time. Like, we, we need to just sit down and. and and talk about things um and so we met at starbucks (laughs) and we were before we recorded we were talking about like we remember exactly where we sat what starbucks it was um one of my exes works at that starbucks now fun fact really (laughs) oh well and i'm terrified to go to that starbucks every single time i'm like oh my god what if he hands me my drink i'm gonna be like (laughs) grab it with your left hand hand. (laughs) i was gonna say i have to take it with this hand yeah my ring on it Oh, well. My, like, double ring says that I am married. <laughs> yeah, wait till after you're married and then go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, oh. Right. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, we sat down and you, like, opened up about your past and, and like, your sexual life and your drug life. <laughs> drug life. And, um, I don't really remember what was going through my head at the time. I think that was honestly the most, like, so I, I had just gone into college, right? And I, I went into college with the mindset of, like, I'm I'm on my own. Like, I'm, I've finally, you know, made it out of the, the prison, you know? <laughs> I finally made it to where I can make my own decisions without being judged, without being criticized. And 
you know, I went into college with the mindset of like, I'm not expecting to meet anyone here. met my husband there, but I wasn't expecting to. <laughs> uh, I went in with like, if, if people ask me out, I'll just say, yeah, like I'm going to experience things. Um, still didn't experience as much as I would have liked to because of my beliefs still, but um, I did go in with a mindset of like, I'm going to try new things. So maybe that fed into it. But I, I think that was probably the most open mind, the first time that I was so open-minded because I really just sat and listened. Mm-hmm. Um, you ask questions every now and then. You did, you would ask a question. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't remember specific things. I don't remember either, um, but I remember you talking to me being like, okay, so mm-hmm. what about this? And I would just answer. Yeah. And I think that was, oh, <laughs> that was a very, like, a very open honest like the first time we really were a hundred percent genuine mm-hmm. with each other to be honest um and so um yeah it was because before then sorry to cut you off no you're but fine. before then i had tried many times i don't know if you remember that i had tried many times to have conversations with you and you always argued back against me i would always just give you the church answer mm-hmm. yeah you would argue back against me and i would just be like okay yeah okay in a way i think we were both kind of waiting because at some point I, I noticed and I was waiting on y'all to open up, but then y'all were waiting on me to open up in my own way. Um, so, yeah, we had a nice, a nice um, like, meeting point, middle ground, I guess, where we both were ready. Um, and from there, I, I was a lot more open to a lot of things after that to be honest and I think that's when I started really trying to think things through a little bit more because I was like okay you know she's done all these things that I didn't know about but she's still my best friend like that doesn't change who she is and so I had to like rethink things and be like okay well like she's still my best friend like she's still a great person so it's like let me rethink, you know, because I would have immediately been like, you do drugs, you're a bad person. <laughs> you, like, have sex in high school, slut, whore. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, I would have immediately put judgment on it before. And so I, I, but knowing who you are as a person, I was able to be like, okay, well, let me think about that a little bit more. Um, but I really tried to hang on to things that I learned growing up because I tried I tried so hard to find a church in the town that I went to school in. I went to the smallest little shit town to go to school. I don't even know what the population is, but they like they had a Walmart and that was the highlight of the town. Um and like they didn't have a Chick-fil-A, they didn't have like a um they had like a McDonald's. They didn't have a Burger King until like last year. <laughs> and so anyway, it was just a little tiny town. And so every church I went to was like, no one was under the age of 40. There was no kids, no youth, no college students. Um, And I just never was able to get comfortable. Like, you know, a bunch of them really nice, but they, they were all just not like, I just couldn't, I, I wasn't comfortable in any of them. Some of them were genuinely bad experiences where I got, like, harassed 
because they were, I was like the first new person they had seen in years. <laughs> mm. And so I got like jumped on at the door. Like, you should do this. You should come to this, come to this, come to this. And I was like, oh my God. And so after a while, it was like, all right, I just, I can't. I'm just going to have to wait until I move because I just can't do it. And there was one that was fine, but it really just got to a point where I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this every single Sunday. Like, for the first time ever, it was like, God, I did this every week? Twice a week? Like, this is becoming such a chore. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it was for me early on in high school. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Keep having to come here and do this. It was a chore. I saw a TikTok side note the other day that was like me on a Sunday realizing I don't have to go to three services and then, uh, you know, this meeting in the afternoon and then go to the nighttime service and then clean up afterwards and then go to a Bible study after that. And I was like, good Lord. Yeah. Like, that's how it is. It's a lot. Um, But then we, I got my first apartment. I'm trying to think what came next because I got my first apartment in 2018 and moved out of the dorms but a lot of it did happen in the dorms as well because I started I started dating Keaton um and I started like I I was still very closed off to like alcohol Mm-hmm. I, I didn't drink. I think my first drink was when I was 19. Yeah. Oh, because it was in my first apartment with you. <laughs> and oh, no, I painfully remember that one because... Really? Yeah, he never let it down. He likes to take credit for you drinking alcohol. Oh, my God. It was you and your ex mm-hmm. at my apartment. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm. Oh, my God. I brought that shit up every time. So it's Fireball. Was it Fireball? It was Fireball and then, like, another, I think. I thought it was, like, wine or champagne. Oh, it might have been that, too. And then, then it, it turned Fireball. Yeah. Because yeah. you, oh it was, like, with Sprite. And you were like, oh, I can drink this. Yeah, I actually liked it. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't like it anymore. No, I drank I it again. again. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was still very turned off to alcohol in the dorms. Like, but I would hang out with, like, (laughs) my closest friends in the dorms drank all the time. Like, I would help them sneak in alcohol. I would, like, Mm -hmm. cover for them. I hung out with them all the time when they were absolutely shit-faced. And it was a blast. Like, I had a great time with them when they were (laughs) drunk. But I was still, like, I can't do it, though. Um, But I was very torn between, like, but I really like them and they do it so much. Like, I really like them as people. Like, is that so bad? And I was still under like, alcohol is fine, but you can't get drunk. You can drink, but you can't get drunk. That's where it's wrong. <laughs> and, but I hung out with drunk people all the time and it was like, <laughs> I really like, this is fun. <laughs> I would still not do it, but, and for a while, up until my 21st birthday, honestly, I was like, I'll drink, but I don't want to get drunk. Like, I never got drunk until I was 21. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think so, at least. Not that I remember. Either. I remember being drunk on your 21st, though. 
<laughs> we'll tell that story later because that's a fun story. Fun. I'll <laughs> say that one. I'll take that one away. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was hung out and I remember, I remember trying because every time I would go home, like, it was awful going home. I never went home um, when I was in college because every time I did, like, oh, my God, it was just like being a kid again. If you came home, it was to come to my house. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I hated being in my parents' house. And I, 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 like, continually would try to open up to my mom and tell her little things. And at some point, I told her that um, my friends were drunk. And I went to pick them up because they didn't have a ride. And I didn't want them to drive drunk. And she got mad at me. Oh, my God. She was like, you don't know what they're going to do. Like, you, people are so unpredictable when they're drunk. You don't know if they could grab the wheel from you. They could, like, be loud and you, like, they could cause you to crash. I'm like, I know them, though. Like, and she's like, yeah, but they're not themselves when they're drunk. Like, they're different people when they're drunk. And, like, she's just so uneducated about it. She's never. Like, I've, I, has she ever touched alcohol no. before? And she's never been around people that have. <laughs> so, like. Write that down. Remind, remind me to show up drunk to your house at some point. <laughs> oh, my God. Well let's save that story let me write that down for later um because i was drunk in front of her at some point and she didn't know uh, you remember that oh <laughs> it was with you <laughs> i'll tell that story oh my god i remember that she's talking to me too and i was like <laughs> i'll tell that story anyway, a little bit yeah. um but what really really started uh, i moved out and then i started drinking with y'all a little bit um and we would like go camping and drink but i would still never get drunk i still you know was i was a lot less judgmental but i still held those rules within myself yes because i didn't care what other people did but i definitely like held on to it in myself um and but what really started it was when i started dating keaton and i talked about this in the purity culture episode a little bit of like you know how far is too far? Is it wrong to have sex outside of marriage and stuff like that? And that was probably the, the beginning of a tipping point for me because I would like pray about it. Like I would pray so hard about it and I never got answers. Like I, I never heard back from God and like, you know, Caton was pretty steady through all of it and his beliefs, but I was like back and forth and back and forth, like, oh, we're gonna not do anything. And and then I'm like, okay, well, screw it. I don't wanna not do anything. And then like it was back and forth and it was miserable. And I was finally to the point where I was like, I don't care. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Like I was I still thought that it was wrong, but I, I just wanna live. Like I'm tired of being guilty. And I was guilty, like, throughout all of college, not, like, you know, praying all the time and reading my Bible all the time. I still had that guilt left over, and it got to a point where I was like, I just want to live. Like, I just want to live without guilt. I'm so tired of feeling guilty, so I was like, I fuck it. Like, I'm, I'm out. And I still felt guilty deep down. I, I would just not think about it. Mm-hmm. I had that such a, such a long road... <sighs> Yours happened, it was a long time coming, yeah. but yours happened in the span of, like, right after time. each other. Yes, yeah. quite a very short time. Mine was from, like, middle school till mm-hmm. I went to college. I, like, wrestled back and forth yeah. through all of that, mostly because you were my friend. Yeah. And you believed those things. So I was like, 
but she's my friend. I don't want to like shit on her yeah. beliefs and, you know, I don't want to tell her she's wrong or, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, there's so many more things out there and all this. So it was definitely such a, again, like a double life I was leading. Yeah. And like at the end of it, by the time we had that conversation, going back to that, mm-hmm. I was already at a point where I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to care. Yeah. I was officially not caring because there were times where I'm like, I'm not going to care. I don't care. But it was always like that creeping thought in the back yeah. of my head. And I was like, but I do care. Yeah. But I don't want to care. But I do care. And then at that point when we finally had that talk, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to care anymore. I'm going to tell her these things mm-hmm. because this is how I'm going to live my life. Yeah. I'm going to live my life not believing in anything because at the time I didn't. Right. I had completely separated. I didn't know what I believed. Yeah. So I was just completely like, you know, I'm just going to live my life the way I want to live it. And I'm going to tell her that this is how it is. And if she doesn't like it or she, you know, then that's that. Because yeah. I'm not going to sacrifice my own well-being mm-hmm. to uphold this image that yeah. I don't even like. Yeah. And like I said, it was a very nice, like, the timing was very nice. Because yeah. you were finally at a point where it was like, I, I'm going to be myself. Mm-hmm. And I was at a point where I was like, I'm going to be open-minded and let people (laughs) be themselves you know Mm -hmm. let other people be themselves it was in turn and you're going to talk about this later and i don't i'm going to jump on it real quick Mm -hmm. Uh, it was in turn my acceptance you brought up earlier in a a conversation that we had earlier about the five stages of grief being Mm -hmm. in and i don't know if you want to get that right now if you want to save it for later but we can just as a, a side note here that that definitely for sure was my acceptance yeah Mm -hmm. I definitely was just being like, you know, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay with not knowing anything. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with this. I'm just going to live my life. It it 100% was my acceptance. And then I've just continued to grow since then. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll touch on that real quick. Um, I saw a thing on um, a Facebook group. I'm in a deconstruction Facebook group I'm in and someone posted this and it's the stages of stages of grief. And I think there's, it's different wording depending on where you look but in this particular one it was denial anger um bargaining depression and acceptance and all of that leads to your reality um they're essentially those same things they're just different different words like different synonyms for them um and i i remember i related to that so much because i remember each one of these feelings so vividly i remember the denial of being like nope Uh, that's a question and I'm not allowed to question. (laughs) I'm not questioning. I do believe this. I do believe this. And then the anger, I remember a specific day um, of just being so angry because I I was not hearing from God the way the church told me I would and everything just seemed like a big lie. and, And I was just so angry that I had to be guilty and, and I was just so angry at everything. And then the next one is bargaining. Um, And this one's a little more vague in my story, at least. But, you know, going back and forth of like, all right, if if you're God, if you're real, you know, show me something. And, you know, if you show me you're real, I'll go back to church. You know, I'll go right back to living the way I was if I just know for sure. Um, And then, you know, inevitably not hearing what I needed to hear. Um, And then I go to depression. And we were talking about this before we started recording my life fell apart my whole world was shattering because that was my identity like I was the 
the good Christian. Like that was me. And I got to the point where I was like, if this is not me, what, what am I without this? This is who I am. And it was such a, it seemed like so earth shattering. And it, like I said, it was just, it was everything to me, you know, and in a way of who am I, but in also a way in, if this is not true, what is, I've never considered anything else. You know, I've never tried to learn about anything else. I just thought for sure that this was it. Um, And then eventually the acceptance that you're talking about, which I haven't gotten to yet for me, but um, yeah, you've, you got to your acceptance when we had that conversation at the beginning of college and then all that leads to your reality. And um, I'll talk about that later once we, you know, get into that. But I remember some, each one of those stages of grief so vividly and it, I, I related to it so much in terms of deconstruction. So that's my, that's my fill in the blanks of all of my stages of grief. Um, do you want to talk about like your process of, of like all of these and. Uh, yeah. Since I just touched on the acceptance yeah. one and like where that happened for me. Um, for my denial one, it was definitely, it was like a denial and a confusion kind of thing. Cause it happened yeah. so early. Cause mine was such a, a long process, mm-hmm. a long and slow process. It, it was, like, back in middle school when I started, like, questioning things. And I was, like, you know, I – but what about these things? But I can't – it was it was a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, maybe if I just don't think about it, it'll be okay. Maybe if I just yeah. continue to essentially be blind. Right. I'll be fine. Things will be okay. But I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just do that because I wasn't – being fair to myself, I wasn't, you know, in, in essentially treating myself kindly or anything like that. Right. And that then turned into anger because I was angry at the church for being the, like the way it was, for having so much hate for other people and for, you know, just being blind in its own little bubble. And I was like, yeah. ups- I was angry at myself for not being able to just follow along with it and be okay. And that, that stemmed from probably middle school into high school. Yeah. And then in high school, about my September, no, my, what is it called? Sophomore. Sophomore. <laughs> my September year of high school. <laughs> I was thinking of like a like a time frame when it happened. Oh, yeah. Um, my grandmother um, started the first what did you call it like the the first few first stages. signs oh, yeah. Or, yeah signs stages signs of alzheimer's. alzheimer's she had just been diagnosed and she was moving in with us so we moved to a bigger house so she could live with us and i really didn't know what that was yet or what was going to happen mm-hmm. and as it got worse there's a, yeah there's a lawnmower outside <laughs> i don't know if you can hear it but ignore that it started getting worse and I remember and this was during high school so this was around the time that I was like still back and forth I was going to church I was going Wednesday night right I was going and I was still in every Sunday but I was still like I I don't want to be here don't want to do this and then that happened and it was definitely like you know how could a god let how could they let how could he let this happen yeah. to this woman who has been nothing but wonderful her entire life. 
yeah. who took care of me when I was younger. You know, how could he let this happen? And like, there had been a few chances where, oh, maybe it'll improve. Maybe it'll just be like this. And I begged for something for her to get better. Yeah. For, you know, her to improve and not be confused. And of course that didn't happen. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, I, if he was there, this wouldn't be happening. Right. Because there's no reason this should happen to this woman who has been nothing but a good person all her fucking life, who served him, essentially, yeah. all her fucking life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, it was, like, earth-shattering to me. It was awful. Yeah. I was so angry, and I was pleading for her to get better. And it didn't. Yeah. So I had to watch her decline. decline. And that was like one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my entire life. Yeah. And I just saw through college those first years, once she was like in her worst, it was such a hard, it was so hard to be at my house. Yeah. I was so sad. I like laid in bed most of the time. Yeah. I lost a shit ton of weight. I was like the skinniest I'd ever been. It was unhealthy. And you had also just broken up with... I'd also just gone through a a breakup. breakup, Yeah. So, on top of all of that, it was like... I was like, what do I do? Yeah. I'm just nothing now. I I can't do anything. I... There's... Everything's out of my control. I can't... I don't even know who I am anymore. Yeah. And then from there, I, you know, was like, you know... I just have to push through. If I can get through... I'll be okay. And then I realized that I, I was the one who was doing that. Yeah. Nobody else was doing that. Right. No God, no nothing. Me. I was getting through. I was taking care of her. Mm-hmm. I was taking care of my family. I was pulling myself up from the lowest point. Yeah. And that was that. That I just, that was probably the, I don't know. That was such a hard time. Yeah. It really was. And I haven't thought back on that in forever. Mm-hmm. Mostly because it was such a hard time and I just kind of like threw it out the window. I was like, oh, yeah. That. But when it came back to the time we had that talk, I was definitely at the point where I was like, okay. Because it was in November because it was my birthday. Yeah, I came back in town for your birthday. And that was like after the year of like the worst ever. Yeah. <laughs> and I was finally at a point where I was like, okay, I'll just get up. Mm -hmm. I'll pull myself up. I'll do this and I'll just keep going. And I was finally like, I can make this okay. Yeah. And then therefore that was my acceptance of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't help. I could only, I couldn't help my grandmother, but I could help with what I could do. I still took care of her, my family. I took care of my family. They Mm -hmm. took care of me. Yeah. It all just kind of came to like a, this is how it is. Yeah. And that's how it's going to be. And we're going to make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And we did. Yeah. Up until the end. Up until the end. Yeah. Well, I, I hate to like transition out of all that. But... Yeah. <laughs> From there, it does go up. Yeah. I, I was going to say, it's such a sad moment. I didn't mean to make it that sad. No, but fine. it definitely went up from there. Well, and... I mean, I think the bargaining and depression part of these stages of grief is is the worst and the darkest for sure yeah um but acceptance was beautiful i was definitely such a i was and then i moved out of my own 
a, a part, or I was like in the process, and I know where you're going to this. So yeah, yeah, I was like, I finally had a point where I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave home. Yeah, I'm gonna go and get an apartment by myself, and I'm gonna go to a different college, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna finish school there. Cause you went the two years uh, of college at home. Yes, those two years is and when that all moved. happened, and it was awful. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go somewhere else. I'm gonna move, and I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I was. Mm-hmm. And you were there. You moved in to your apartment because Melissa and I helped you move in. Yes. And it was like a week before my twenty first birthday. And I was like moving with like a fresh start too. Yeah. Like a fresh start. Like I was gonna be single. I was like, uh-huh. gonna... yeah, because you you were dating someone when you moved. When you moved, no, you had you had broken up. Before we that. had broken up before that. Okay. Um, like a week before your party. Yeah, because I was like cause so I, close. Yeah, because I remember being like, "Do I have to invite him?" And you were like, "I really don't want to hear it if you don't." And I was like, "I guess." And then y'all weren't together, and I was like, "Hell yeah, I don't have to invite him." It was him. like a few days later. I was like, Mm-mm. "Yeah," and I was then, like, "Hell yeah, I did not want to invite him anyway." <laughs> so yeah, so my twenty-first birthday party, um, we it was my twenty-first, obviously. So we had drinks. And I was still a little in the mindset of, like, I'm not going to get drunk, though. Like, that's not me. And even when I was drunk, I was like, I'm not drunk. I'm screaming. <laughs> so I, like, kept drinking, and we did, like, a couple shots at some point. And I remember the distinct moment where I was like, maybe I am a little drunk. I want you to know that we did shots. They were water. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have a little spinner, right? So you put the shot glass in the middle, and then you spin it, and it's an arrow on the outside. And we did that, and Alex and I can't take shots. <laughs> we just, it, we can't do it. We have to get our little fruity drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so everyone's like, we have to do shots. And so we got your little spinner out, and everyone poured themselves a shot. And I, like, grabbed a water bottle and filled my shot glass with water. <laughs> I filled mine. And, and we then like, you got over and I like shot some in yours and we like sat down and it landed on us and we faked it so well. We mm-hmm. were like, eh. I was like, I'm going to grow up. <laughs> and, but we were, we were drinking the rest of the night though. Um, and like little free drinks, but we were in, I struggled to find a place because I had a roommate in a house and I like, I just didn't want to have it. It was really her house and I didn't want to have it at her house. Um, so we did it in Keaton's parents' outside garage slash camper. <laughs> yes. The garage got way too hot, so we ended up in the camper. Um, but the moment that I realized was when I was sitting on the floor of the camper, <laughs> and someone, like, started talking. Like, one of the guys started talking to me, and I, like, hit my head against the cabinet behind me and like slid down (laughs) until like I was all the way on the floor and all the guys were like oh man (laughs) and I was like maybe I maybe I am a little drunk but I also had that like what is it like imposter mentality or like imposter syndrome where I was like I'm just faking this for attention I'm not really drunk like it must be like I'm just faking I'm I'm not I'm just being a little crazy yeah don't mind me I was definitely drunk, though. I You definitely were, because, and this is how I knew, because <laughs> we were doing that thing where we were like, oh, let's go to the bathroom, yeah. we had pee. We always go pee together yeah. when we're drunk. <laughs> and then there was this guy who is now my fiance. Right, Keaton's best friend. Well, and roommate at the time. Yeah, yeah, Keaton lived with him at the time, 
Um, and I, you know, all of Keaton's friends were my friends. So I invited all of them. And then I invited you and Melissa and a couple friends from Columbus. Um, and, and when you got there, um, you were, you know, you were freshly single. So you were scoping everyone out. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> looking, but I was looking to play. Right. I wasn't looking for anything serious. Yeah. And then, like, you were getting flirty with Brandon at some point, and, like, every time we went to the bathroom, I'd be like, oh, my God, you <laughs> got kissed him. <laughs> I knew you did. would be like, listen, listen, listen. And I'd be like, what? And you'd be like, you should kiss him. And I was like, Rachel, I just met him. And you were like, exactly. And I was like, I was like, and you're probably in love. <laughs> I was like, you have to kiss him. Make it your mission tonight. If you don't kiss him by the end of the night, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> and, like, Oh, God, there's another reason we were all drunk, or another sign, is because we all ended up shirtless at the end of the night. Because someone turned off the AC in the camper. I don't know who it was. I don't know who it was. Probably someone that was drunk and didn't know what they were doing. Probably. But somehow the AC got turned off, and we were all sweating so bad, and so all of, we ended up shirtless, all of us. <laughs> and then you ended up, like, hanging on Brandon shirtless. <laughs> But anyway, then the next day, like, for the next, like, couple weeks, I was always like, Brandon, like, because you went back to Carrollton. Mm. I didn't mean to bust your city like that, but (laughs) you don't live there anymore. (laughs) No, I don't live anywhere anymore. Um, But anyway, you went back, and I would constantly be like, Brandon, text her. Brandon, text her. And I, like, gave him uh, your number, and, like, anyway. (laughs) Fun fact, he tried to get my number. I was too drunk to understand. That's right. Because you lost your phone. And he was like, give me your number and I'll call you. And you were like, no, 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 I got it. And I was like, I can do it. Don't, I don't want your help. Yeah. And then I was also wearing like fake lashes on my contacts and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he like held his phone up because everyone was already sleeping. He like held his phone's flashlight off so I could like take my contacts out. And I like ripped my eyelashes off and he went. (gasps) (laughs) He's like, does that hurt? And I was like, no. It literally just feels like. Like a, a oh sad band-aid, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, that, yeah, that was the first time we uh, that I had gotten drunk. And so that led me to processing of, like, okay, well, that was a one-time thing, you know. Like, I'm not going to do that. It was my first birthday party. It, you know, it was it was called for. You had to. Right. But, you know, I still am thinking, like, I'm not going to get drunk. All that, you know, that got thrown out the window pretty quickly. <laughs> Because it's fun. <laughs> yeah. And, then and I was that like, I'm not month. hurting anyone, you know. Um, yeah, so that next month. Yeah. We were like, oh, my mom was going out of town and she said I could have people over, which she yeah. never cared anyway. Yeah. She was like, I even told her. I was like, you told Rachel her who Keaton. was coming. Yeah. yeah, I was like, your friends are coming in. Rachel's coming in. If, if it was you, she was always okay with it. Yeah, because everyone thought I was, you know, goody two-shoes She didn't still. think anything was going to happen. Right. <laughs> Little did she know, we also got like, oh my shit gosh, faced that, that is... night too, which was a month later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I was, you know, I was fine with getting drunk at that point. It didn't take long for me to be like, yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> I don't know. In between those two times, I can't remember if I probably, to be honest, no, I did. Oops, because <laughs> I remember Snapchatting you pictures of me and Brandon and our friend Jesse. Yes, drunk. I was drinking with the three of them. Yeah, the, the two of them, three of us. And I was Snapchatting you, like, videos of Brandon, and y'all weren't together yet. No. So, I remember that. Cause I was God, laying, I, was I laying didn't in know my... I got drunk, like, three times in a month. LOL. I was, like, in my my apartment, yeah. in my room, laying in bed. Yeah. And y'all, you were Snapchatting me that. Uh-huh. And I remember being like, oh, my God, y'all crazy. Because I also have screenshots from Keaton 
was yeah. also Snapchatting me. <laughs> he went to bed early that night, but yeah, he was Snapchatting you, trying to hook y'all up too. Keaton was like all for it. Keaton was oh, yeah. ready. Yeah, he was. Keaton uh, was ready to stand at that altar and marry us himself. <laughs> he was yeah. like, you know, you want that. <laughs> I was like, I guess. I don't know. I don't know him yet, Keaton. Yeah. He was like, you gotta. Anyway, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, so I had I had gotten drunk. I guess I threw that out the window pretty quickly. But um, <laughs> um. So anyway, yeah. A month later, at the end of September, um, yeah, when you had people at your mom's house, your sister was there too, um, because it was the four of us and your sister, and we got very drunk. That was the most drunk I had gotten at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I was having a grand time. Oh yes. Um, and. Lily and I, your sister and I, made it like our mission to find everything that had your ex, that had anything to do with your ex, and go out to your fire pit and burn it. Oh my god, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> like, was, Lily and I made it our mission because we all hated him, and um, and so at some point, anyway, at some point we went out there and like burned all the all the stuff, and um, and we got so drunk that night and then y'all ended up he, he ended up asking you to be his girlfriend that well the morning technically it was like two in the morning yeah <clears throat> and then the next day we had already made plans because my mom knew lol my mom knew that i was in town and she thought that brandon and keaton were gonna come into town the next morning oh because if God. she had known that they were there at the house, you know, she would have had a problem with it. So I just told her that they were going to be in the next morning. And so, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I remember that cause she like asked them how the drive was. Yeah. <laughs> I told him, I was like, you know, she's going to say this, just play along. And, um, so anyway, we, we went to church the next morning because I had promised my mom we would. Um, and Keaton and Brandon were hungover and you and I were still drunk. <laughs> And, like, this was in my period of time where I was, like, I don't care. You know, I'm tired of being guilty. I'm tired of always thinking about this. Like, I'm just going to live my life. I'm just tired. I'm tired. And I want to have fun. And so we we went to church, and we were still very drunk. And um, you – we, like, almost fell asleep during the sermon at some point. But my mom came up to talk to us afterwards, and it was, like, (laughs) so difficult. And I drove (laughs) – I drove to church because I didn't realize it, but it was on. I didn't realize I was still drunk um, until the car ride to the restaurant. The four of us went to Cheddar's afterwards, and the drive there, I was like, Alex, I don't, I don't feel right. <laughs> we were cackling the I whole way to the that. restaurant. I remember that. I remember because we made them come in a different car. So my like, story held up. So your story held up, uh-huh. yeah. And so it was just the two of us driving, and we were, like, cackling the whole way there, and I was like, I think we're still drunk. And we, like, sat at the table, like, we were drunk for a long time. Uh, I think I went back to my parents' house and, like, took a nap, and that's when I was okay. Yeah, I definitely went home and was like, and then then I was fine. (laughs) But, like, oh my gosh, I was saying before the recording, uh, I would have been so disappointed in myself if, like, you know. 16 year old Rachel knew that I was going to show up to church drunk at some point like I'd have been so disappointed in myself 
but like I said, I was at the point where I, it was just, I needed to live my life. So 2020, January, 2020, uh, well, no, February, 2020 COVID hits. Um, COVID is all over the world, not the United States yet. No. Um, there were three cases in New York City, and you, me, and Melissa took a trip to New York City. <laughs> um, but we came back, no COVID. But the moment we came back, we had to quarantine. Yes. Um, and because it was like the worldwide, or like the whole nation was in quarantine. Yeah, we everything were was shut down. Locking down. Everything um, locked down. We locked down for six weeks, I think. I think so. Um, I was not working at the time because they were giving us a certain amount of like paid leave. I worked at Starbucks at the time. And so I wasn't working during those six weeks, but Keenan and Brandon were, and I didn't want to go home and be depressed by myself. And you didn't want to go home and be depressed by yourself. So the two of us just quarantined with Keaton and Brandon in their apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, so the four of us quarantined together <laughs> in that itty bitty in that little two bedroom two apartment. Two bedroom apartment. It was a blast, honestly. It was. Uh, I loved it. And so, anyway, we were home all day being little house girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> Fiancés. We were both engaged at that point. Yes. Because um, it was like, I think it was like uh, end of February, beginning of March, or March, maybe March and half. It was March and half of April. Because they couldn't have a birthday party. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so anyway. We just kind of had to be like, happy birthday. Here's yeah. This bad thing that I whipped together. Because yeah. we couldn't go to the grocery. We didn't go to the grocery store. We, like, made, like, little mm-hmm. runs every now yeah. and then and got what we did. We would go to the grocery store masked up, like, once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and we would cook and, and clean everything. We played a lot of Sims. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we had a lot of conversations and a lot of spiritual conversations over quarantine um we started talking and and this is honestly when i started unraveling a lot of my trauma Mm -hmm. because i was still kind of like i kind of want to find a church maybe kind of um because i wasn't in the in the town i went to school at I, i was here um in my current city and I was like, I kind of want to find a church, but I kind of just want to not. I, I'm sick of all of it, but I still believe in it. But um, over quarantine, that's when I started to unravel a lot of my spiritual trauma because we started talking about youth group and we started like reminiscing about the past and we were like, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, dang. We were kind of abused. Huh? Yeah. Like this was not was a good time. Traumatizing. And so we talked about that, and I actually reached out to a lot of people, other people in our youth group who were also traumatized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so we had a lot of spiritual discussions at that point. Um, did you want to talk about your, because you said a lot of your, like, revisiting. Oh, yeah, when, when that all happened, I, I had been at that point, that was, like, what, my junior year? That was only, like, um, that, was last, that was last year. 2020. Yeah. Oh my god. I was in school anymore. And you were It's hard. <laughs> right? Anyway, so just, just last, last year, year, I like re I had already been kind of like I had taken a lot of classes at the point and like some yeah. of them were like this and that. Some of them each had their own like elements of other things. Mm-hmm. And um 
I really didn't have anything I believed in, really. I really didn't care. It really wasn't much. You know, I wasn't closed off from anything. Right. I was very open to whatever. And when we started having these discussions again, we had discussions with everybody. Yeah. I started slowly revisiting the idea of spiritual beliefs, religion mm-hmm. as a whole, and kind of figuring out where I fall at, going back to the, the first episode we talked about. Yeah. That would, that came, all of the things I believe in now came from just last year. It's just recently new of I'm still finding of what I think, what I believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely the first time I had really revisited everything because at that point I was still giving answers of like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Same. It's whatever. I was I was pretty avoidant at this point. Yeah, I was fully attached, a detached from the church, though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like God and like all that from Christianity as a whole. I definitely had already thrown that out the window. I was like not any part of that, but I was revisiting the idea of it as a whole Mm -hmm. and just what I thought about it. Yeah, Um, and really, so exploring my spiritual trauma, but then also seeing all of the events that happened in 2020. So, like, we're in quarantine, and the riots started. Right. Um, And, you know, I was seeing TikToks from people in protests, um, you know, seeing just all all these things that were happening. Um, People of color getting abused by police officers. And I started thinking about it because, you know, with – with my previous beliefs, I would have immediately been like, ugh, like, they just need to do what the cops say, you know? And, and it would have been an immediate dismissal of the whole situation. And mm-hmm. and I started really looking at, because the thing about seeing TikTok videos, right? So you could be like, oh, you're getting it from the media? Okay, well, here's my <laughs> defense of that, because it's not just, like, articles I was reading, you know, that could be... Uh, biased or whatever it wasn't someone reiterating a story it was real videos of real people like right there in the riots in the protests getting beaten with batons and tear gassed and like real videos of it happening and you can't dispute no i was like whoa and for the first time i was so angry I, I like for the first time ever, because I was always very detached from political things. I've never, I've never voted to this day, um, or just because I just haven't, I haven't cared enough. <laughs> but for the first time ever, I was like, I am so angry. This is not fair. This and and I was like, I, I don't understand. This is not justice. This is not love of any kind. I, I don't understand. And and all the church did was complain about the protesters and i was like huh you're missing it you're missing the whole point it's not the protesters it's the problem they're they're abusing people they're beating people for what and i was so angry and the church did not give a fuck and as a whole and i'm saying this as a whole in general the church didn't give a shit and as a whole in general the church was not willing to wear masks. They they didn't want to. Um, and they would go on vacations and, like, completely ignore all lockdown policies. And, and I was just so angry. And I was like, y'all are missing 
everything. And then, you know, I, I, I'm probably going to get a lot of like immediate dismissal when I say this, but like the, the fact that they accepted Donald Trump so readily and he is the least Christ-like person that I can think of off the top of my head right now. And it's like, oh, he's good for the economy, okay? Since when did Jesus care more about the economy than loving people, you know? And the just how the church reacted to the events of 2020 sent me entirely over the edge. I was already kind of teetering, but I, I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not a part of this anymore, you know? Like, I, I, I was so mad. I was like, they are missing everything they're not doing what jesus would do they're not doing what god would want them to do i don't understand and that's when i separated myself entirely mm -hmm. i was like this is not it's not right it's not right and and i you know aside from my beliefs i was like i believe these things but the church is it, like the church is just not following what they're preaching and i'm over it and that's what set me over the edge um and then I started, that was like the teetering point of my deconstruction. I had deconstructed at that point. Mm -hmm. Then I just had to reconstruct and yeah. figure out where I'm at now. I remember that because I was like, yeah. Yeah, I was you're like, there with me. Full on. Because I was at a point where, you know, that was my past. I, like yeah. I was past all that point. Um, and I saw all these things happening and mm. I was already immediately angry. I was yeah. ready to go to war. I was, I, we were out there protesting. Mm -hmm. um, after quarantine. After quarantine. Mm -hmm. And even then we still had masks. Yeah, we did. Um, but I was like, I, you were like, what is this? I'm not, and I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> you're angry. Yeah. Let me hear it. I'm ready for this. I was like, so on board and right and there with you, just like yeah. ready to fuel that, keep fueling that fire you had going and and i'm sure you saw my beginning stages of like what like i, I was like i don't know I'd be like what about but but this and i'd be like yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> i was so on board with all of that i remember that i was so like yeah let's let's this track let's keep going on it yeah so that's when i started my reconstruction like i said um so i kind of started over in a sense uh for the past I mean, it's still happening. Some things that I, I still have to be like, oh, okay, what do I think about that? Then I need to, you know, I need to think about that and, and you know, build my belief system from there. Um, so for the past year and a half, I guess, almost two years, I've been reconstructing. So I started building the blocks of what we talked about in the first part, um, everything that I believe. I started piecing those things together and and um apart from the church <laughs> i was like if i'm gonna you know everything they're doing right now i'm not on board with so if i'm gonna figure out myself i need to do it away from them um and so i started piecing things together asking questions and um there was a point in time i couldn't tell you when recently like maybe even 2021 maybe the tail end of and it was, it was like middle to tail end of 2020, maybe. Um, I was wrestling with the fact or the the concept of LGBT plus community. And I was kind of back and forth because, you know, I was like, okay, originally, obviously it's wrong completely, 100%. And then it got to the point where I was like, okay, well, people can live their lives, but I still think it's wrong. Well... <laughs> 
there was a point in time where I was like, I just don't want to think about it. Like, I don't, it's a difficult conversation to have and I just don't want to think about it. But then there's a point in time where, and this is how I phrased it. I remember telling you for the first time I was in Carrollton with you. I don't remember what we were doing, but we were at like a, some store and we were in the car and I was like, you know, I think if I was born in another life, another family, if I was raised differently, I think I would be bisexual. And you were like, well, yeah. <laughs> you were like, I can tell. And I was like, huh? What do you mean? <laughs> and I remember that so vividly. And it took me a while to be like, that's not a thing. <laughs> It's not like a if I was raised differently or if I grew up a different way, if I was born in a different family, I would be bisexual. No, like I came to the realization of like, I am, I am bisexual. And so that begs the question of like, all right, I can't just ignore it anymore. I have to have an opinion on this. Like I have to, I have to believe something about it. I can't just ignore it. Um, and then I started researching and learned about the... Uh, there's a movie coming out, and I don't know what stage of production it's in, but it's called 1946, and it is exploring the concept of translating the Bible. The The concept of homosexuality was not in the Bible until 1946. Um, so when I heard about that, I was like, oh, that would explain everything. <laughs> like, that would explain why it feels wrong to discriminate against them and not, you know, love them and accept them entirely. Um, and, and so I looked more into that and I, that's where my belief of, of the Bible comes along. I'm like, I don't, I don't believe that the Bible is infallible because it's been translated so many times, copied so many times and, and humans are flawed. So that's where that belief came from. And I came to the point of like, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Like if, you know, God wouldn't create someone like that just to send them to hell or, you know, he wouldn't build sin into people on purpose. Right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I faced that and, and that was, you know, just adding to my reconstruction. And I eventually got to the point where I, the, the acceptance part of the stages of grief I finally, finally made it to the acceptance stage of, of that whole process. And I still have not, uh, I don't know how to explain it. I still haven't, I guess, came, not came out as bisexual, but like came out with my beliefs to my family. Right. Um, my family still doesn't know. A lot of people still don't know where I'm at. Um, just because I, I feel like my mental health is not safe if I do tell them. So I haven't yet. <laughs> I want to, I hope I can at some point. Um, but I've definitely reached the point now of like, that this is it. Like, this is who I am. And I, I'm not, I refuse to go back to anything I felt before. It was such a confusing and just awful time. My, my whole world crumbled. Um, underneath me and I had to rebuild it by myself and that's kind of where you were you were talking about um, you know you realized it was you like you were doing the work mm -hmm. I was building 
my own path. I was mm -hmm. I was leading my own journey, and it's definitely been a long road. Mm -hmm. But I'm definitely I'm not at the end of it. But it's definitely yeah. a lot brighter. It's definitely a lot. Mm -hmm. It's easier path to walk. Yeah. Um, because I'm making it myself. I'm making my own path. Mm -hmm. And you know I'm completely detached from the church yeah. i am completely detached from christianity mm -hmm. um i believe what i believe um I and mean, i'm still learning i don't really have a name for it just yet yeah but i really just go with what feels right for mm -hmm. me in my life yeah so we were talking about um after our last podcast we were talking about what i label myself um you had mentioned that it sounds sometimes it can sound like I am hanging on to Christianity as a name. Mm -hmm. um, and I get that, that it makes sense that you would think that. And so I did a lot of research about different belief systems I have and the most accurate one I can, I can find is progressive Christianity uh, based on the things that I found in my research, but I have a lot of scattered beliefs within other different theologies as well. So I don't, you know, I call myself a progressive Christian because it matches the most, but I have scattered beliefs in different denominations and different religions as well. Um, but a quick story before we wrap up, I believe now that God doesn't interfere. It's called deism. Found that out of my research that God does not interfere with human kind, like humanity he is just there but he doesn't interfere or like take action within humanity and that's what i believe now i believe he's purely there for like peace and comfort and encouragement um but you know he's not gonna like change like if you pray you're not gonna change anything that's what i believe well i was in a rough spot like a couple months ago i don't even remember what was going on at that point couldn't tell you i've been my emotions are up and down these days, but <laughs> it was like probably not as big of a deal as I thought it was in the time. But for the first time in a long time, my brain flipped that switch and went back to being like, God help. Like, help me. I don't know what's happening. Like, I need help. And I like caught myself doing that. And I was like, I don't, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I was like, that's not what I believe. Uh, and I, my brain just flipped a switch real quick to, to back, you know, how I was. And, and I was like, I don't, that's not what I believe anymore. That That's weird that my brain flipped. And then I was immediately like, I, now I believe that we already have everything we need. Like yeah, he's already instilled everything we need within us. I have everything I need. And so when my brain flipped that switch back to where I am now, I, I thought about it and I was like, oh yeah, I already have what I need. And I felt, I felt so much more comfort than I have ever felt in like prayer in like me praying. I have never felt as much comfort as I did in that moment when my brain said, you already have everything you need. You're enough you already are everything you need. And I felt so much more comfort than I ever did when I was within, you know, 
the church's version of Christianity. Um, and that was kind of like a reassurance of like, I am where I need to be. Like I'm in the best place that I can be for myself. Mm-hmm. And I saw these stages of grief um, on Facebook the other day. And, you know, I, I would always see stuff like that and I'd be like, oh, let me place myself on the spectrum. You know, where am I in the spectrum? And I looked at them all and I was like, I'm at the end. I might cry. <laughs> I was like, I'm at the end. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I've never been at the end. <laughs> like, I've always been lost and not knowing what's happening. So that's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It was definitely a relieving feeling for me back then of like, you know what? It's going to be okay and I'm going to make it okay. Because again, going back to that, I realized that it was me and I was enough. Mm -hmm. And just being able to give myself, by myself, that validation I needed was life-changing. It's definitely definitely the first few steps into being who I am today. Yeah, for sure. I thought you were going to be the one to cry this time. (laughs) Ugh. So, yeah, I'm proud of us, I think. And, and like we said, you know, it's a growing process. Yeah. And I don't like, think we'll ever stop growing. No, and, and of course, where we're at right now is not who we're always going to be yeah. again. Like, we're going to keep growing. And these these may change, you know, within the next year, within the yeah, next few maybe. years. You know, it's going to be a, a, a continuous growth mm-hmm. that I'm proud of. Yeah, for sure. And that's that. That's our religious series. I feel good about it. I do too. It it feels... Oh, I might cry now. Oh, okay. Hold on. <laughs> it definitely feels like... It feels free. Yeah, it definitely feels like part of my life that I've held on to yeah. for a very long time. And that I've never really thought through or really had the means of getting it out. Yeah, me either. And of course, this is like you know, this isn't to like a huge audience, audience, <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't have to be. But just the fact that I've voiced everything, mm-hmm. yeah, feels like a weight I've that never, has been lifted. I've never been able to just lay it out on mm-hmm. the table before, in like a hundred percent genuineness, genuity. <laughs> That's not the word. No. Uh, 100% honest (laughs) I've never been able to do that so this has been nice thank you to whoever joined us on this journey Um, I'm sure we'll revisit some of it uh, eventually when we do keep growing Mm because we'll never stop hopefully (laughs) but I feel good about this and and we'll we'll see you on the next one (laughs) yeah with whatever we do (laughs) 